What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the May 5th edition, yes, it is Cinco de Mayo, baby, of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, it's okay, we're cool, we're friends, it's completely normal, and I am joined by the king of the courtside who... Um, Rumor has it was was uh, was chowing down on some tacos in celebration before the show here, and uh, no, he did not bring enough to uh, have for the rest of the class, which makes me a little upset also. But it's the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? Yeah, no tacos with me tonight, but I did bring my sombrero. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but that would have been fun if I would have thought of it ahead of time. Uh, yeah, I actually <laughs> haven't done anything like Mexican-related at all today. Have you? <laughs> I uh, No, no, I did not. Um I, uh, uh, oh boy. Uh, you know, T Spans clipped that, right? Oh, shoot. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's congrats. Good, great job. Uh, uh, if you Whoops. listen on the podcast version, this is why the Twitch show is the best place to catch this live because it's moments like that just that will not translate to an audio only format. But we'll touch on that here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go through a little bit of homework before we start today's episode. Nation, make sure you follow the show on social media it's very simple it's twitter it's facebook we're covering all the generations that follow esports with just those two it feels like at level up live at lvlup live and while you're on twitter you're listening to us you're watching us you're here with us every week maybe every other week maybe once a month maybe it's your first time you should be following your hosts as well follow joey at courtside king myself at fiasco on twitter as well and nation said it before i'll say it again the Twitch version of the show, the live show, is the best place to experience Level Up Live, but have no fear. We understand things happen Thursday night. They call it Thirsty Thursday for a reason. Completely okay with that. Uh, we have a podcast version that is released the very next day on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else is an RSS feed. Just look up the Level Up podcast and we are there for you. Just one side note, if you do listen to the podcast version and your platform does allow reviews and ratings, please do leave us that feedback because it does help make this show what your viewers and listeners want the most from our content. Uh, let's see here. Uh, brownie points. Uh, let's see how many of you actually love us. Patreon.com slash OTN. We're watching. We're watching. We're looking at those numbers and we can see who is and who is not on Patreon. It's not required. It's strongly encouraged. It's a joke. You don't have to. Tuning in, watching us, listening listening to us, downloading the podcast is absolutely enough. We appreciate your time giving us, uh, giving us that time of yours every Thursday night on Twitch or whenever you listen to the podcast version. But if you want to take that extra step, we're not going to say no. Patreon.com slash OTN. All right, Joey. Uh, I, I took a look at our notes here before we went live. <laughs> Um, I see two words, uh, which makes me excited and makes me very scared. Uh, so I'm going to throw it over to you to explain what those two words are and how today's show is going to go down. Guys, this is one of our rare grab bag episodes. It's one of those episodes where John and I are just too busy throughout the week to put a full <laughs> slate of notes together. So we have some topics here and there that happen throughout the week just based on conversations on Discord and Twitter, uh, as well as just all of our reading here and there as well. Uh, but on top of that, we'll be taking some questions from Twitch chat, uh, preferably gaming and esports related. As much as I love answering questions about TikTok dances, I think we're going to pass on some of those at least tonight. Uh, so we'll see what you guys come up with. 
Um, but overall, John, I think there's a lot to talk about here and there on different things. And we can get into that shortly. But first, I think there's a couple more segments, right? Like Drink of Choice? Uh, yes, Drink of Choice is technically up next. Uh, so uh, we'll go ahead and do that real quick before we jump headfirst into this grab bag edition of Level Up Live. Joey, um, what are you bringing to the grab bag tonight? Uh, I am bringing a sparkling water, Spindrift this time, and it is uh -huh. grapefruit flavored. Nice. I'm usually like not it. a big grapefruit person, but I really like this one. Joey, so we're matching on one thing. We're matching on the color of our drinks. So you're you're like in a pinkish beige can kind of thing. I don't um, know if I'd go with beige, <clears throat> but pink definitely. Okay, pink. Well, I can't really tell. I'm looking at it through through a <laughs> through Discord. Like it's 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 a thing, Joey. It, through colored lens. Um, so I was at the local ABC store. So for those who are not familiar with uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state allows us to have liquor, uh, which means we have to go through the state to get said liquor. Uh, and this was recommended to me. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's vodka. It's pink lemonade vodka though. It's in, oh. uh, it's a partnership between new Amsterdam vodka and barstool sports and the hockey podcast Spit and Chicklets. This is the pink Whitney shot of pink lemonade vodka that uh, it's been a while since I've taken a shot on on level up. Um and I just pulled this out of the freezer and the cap is absolutely I don't know how I feel about shot. pink lemonade vodka. Uh well, I'm about to tell you. How about that? Okay. Uh Guess we'll work with that. Well, okay. We're, we're we're talking grab bag here, right? So so here's your grab bag shot of grab bag, grab bottle, we got it all. That has no right being that smooth. Um, honestly, straight up, not a fan. You put that in like a pink lemonade drink also, probably better. That is really freaking sweet. Um, it'll get the job done, though. <laughs> Just like that, it's gone. Uh, Joey, you have your uh, sparkling water. I have taken my shot, and I have my glass of water. Uh, so we have our grab bag. Joey, let's reach into the grab bag and see what we pull out here first. Again, chat, you have questions as well. Get those questions in the chat, and we will work them in as well. Uh, th this is your show. This is your chance to ask us questions uh, and our opinions on certain topics within the gaming and esports world, uh, and uh, we're here to have that discussion with you. So, Joey, I'm going to throw it over to you here uh, with our signature, let's go, but I really don't know what we're throwing it to, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you kick it off, sir. Yeah, maybe at some point we'll do a formal questions episode instead right. of these random ones when we're just too busy to come up with full slates of notes. Uh, but, John, there was a lot that happened this weekend. We had some Apex Legends esports, some Halo esports as well. Uh, let's talk Halo esports to kick things off, and then we'll dive some more into some gaming stuff. HCS Kansas City was this past weekend, and your boys Cloud9 took the L. Let's chat about it. I don't want to chat about it, Joey. That's, that's <laughs> probably one of my least things that I... One of your just, least things? My, my least favorite topics to discuss right now oh uh, sorry I, I was i was editing uh and putting a video in for something we'll be talking about later it's one Ooh. of the things i forgot to do while setting obs up because i was running late yes i'm sorry i was eating spaghetti leave me alone um yeah so uh cloud nine's reign as supreme commander of the hcs has is has dropped a little bit uh sentinels being the only team that can dent the armor that is of cloud nine uh which is completely fine sentinels is a really good team uh, when they're not using a VPN to cheat, uh, it, it, it's completely fine. Uh, 
is what it is. I, I kind of like it, though, because you don't want one team to be the goal. Like, you can be the golden standard, but you don't want that one team to be such a dominant force where it's like, okay, we're going to go into this like, okay, we know Cloud9 is probably going to win. Like, there's, there's no chance that anything's going to happen. Uh, it's like, okay, will they even drop a game? Will it be close? The fact that Sentinels played them incredibly well, beat them twice, once to send them to lower bracket, once uh, in the grand finals uh, in a very convincing fashion, that's good for the overall competitive landscape of HCS. It makes it more entertaining, makes it feel like it really is up for anyone. Um, granted, I would still think Cloud9 is going to be a favorite going into the next LAN tournament as well, going back into the weekly play for HCS2. Cloud9 will definitely be up there. But Sentinels has kind of made their mark saying like, hey, look, we're the giant killers. Like we can take Cloud9 down. If we can do it, maybe some of the other orgs can do it too. But now it actually feels like it's a, a, at least right now a two organization race in the HCS. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some teams up there, and I feel like this is when it's been most competitive as of yet. You mentioned Cloud9 and Sentinels. Optic is also up there. Mm -hmm. They won an event or an invitational rather outside of HCS just a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were top three for this event. E United, I feel like, has had top five finishes at every event. Uh, Sentinels was taken to five games by Quadrant. So there's these smaller teams also kind of fighting above their weight, and it feels like a really healthy scene right now, uh, at least in terms of the big tournaments. Internationally, we have Europe kind of competing in a higher level with teams like Ascent. Uh, you have European organizations buying into the NA scene with G2 and Fnatic. You have a lot of big-name esports organizations here and there, and Halo in and of itself is not the biggest esport title. Uh, it once was back in the MLG days, but today it's a lot farther down compared to the rest. With that being said, I think the level of competition is going up. We're starting to see more maps, more modes, and that should make the scene more exciting moving forward. But overall, your boys Cloud9, they've been dropped down a peg. Hopefully, this kind of gives them a little bit more of a resurgence to continue grinding the game and eventually work their way back up there to take down Sentinel's Optic and all these other teams. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, three lands, two Cloud9 championships, I'm completely cool with still having the majority. It's fine. And they've killed the regular season as well yes. throughout that whole time. So Absolutely. Cloud9, still a very strong team. The scoreline in the final game, definitely Sentinel's favorite, but overall Cloud9 is still an org to keep an eye out for when it comes to Halo. Next up, question from chat. Do you like Overwatch 2? John, uh, this is a loaded question, I feel <laughs> like. It's a very we, loaded question. We played quite a bit of Overwatch 1. I started on Xbox console and then moved to PC. You have an ungodly amount of hours on PC for it. Overall, we have now kind of made our way into the Overwatch 2 beta. Played quite yeah. a bit last week. Had a Let's Play with the OTN community. What are your initial thoughts on the beta? Feels like Overwatch. Um, yeah, I, I, my thing is... And this was a big concern with the Overwatch community is this how different will this game feel? If you're going to promote that it's going to be a new game, it's 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 a new style of PVP where it's a 5v5, new maps, new heroes. Okay, cool, that's great. But everything we've seen and everything we've been told sounds just like a remake of Overwatch 1. And that's exactly how Overwatch 2 feels like. It feels just like Overwatch 1. Maybe the graphics are a little more polished. Maybe maybe the round edges are a little bit more round and crisp. Um, some of the characters got new 3D models, which, okay, fine, that's cool. But overall, the play style feels the same. Yes, the, 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 the player HUD did change. Yes, the, the, the uh, player uh, overlay changed a little bit, too. 
But at the end of the day, if you're going to sit here and tell me this is a brand new game, I wouldn't believe you. It just really doesn't feel like it. And and that's been the biggest issue with this whole idea of Overwatch 2 ever since it was announced is this could have been done in the regular Overwatch game. You can change the 3D models in Overwatch. Uh, we see League of Legends do it all the time. Uh, I remember one year where League of Legends actually finally cleaned up their spaghetti code. Thank you, Riot. Uh, in this game, that shouldn't be more than like five gigs. That was like at 50 gigs, it felt like at one point in time, all of a sudden dropped down to like 16 gigs for the game. Like, you can do it in the base game. You don't have to create a new game. Uh, so I, I honestly, I feel like it's a... I don't want to say it's like false advertising. I just think it was very unnecessary and it created more drama for Overwatch and a lot more headaches for Overwatch fans and a lot of uncertainty for the Overwatch League, which, let's be honest, cost them a lot of sponsorship dollars. Uh, that is a very massive gamble to create a new version of Overwatch that plays a lot like the base game and on top of it joey it just feels like you know we know that they're going to charge people for it obviously the, the the pvp part will probably be will probably be free but the the pve story mode joey they were doing pve events in the regular overwatch there's no need for overwatch 2 it honestly feels like it was a waste of time and money waiting over two years to create a new version of overwatch that's really not new yeah i mean there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> yeah. and i think you hit a lot of the major <laughs> points like originally guys so looking behind the scenes originally this was all meant to be pve there was never supposed to be a pvp part to overwatch 2 you were sticking with overwatch the base game for pvp the overwatch 2 portion was really a glorified dlc campaign style pve thing uh this is supposedly one of the reasons jeff kaplan left as well Eventually, they started holding back content from the main game, whether it be heroes, whether it be maps, uh, whatever you want to name it, events even, I'm sure, were held back to eventually kind of push Overwatch 2 out the gate with more content, both on the multiplayer side and the single-player PvE type of side. I don't think it was a great decision. Uh, I mean, overall, the game feels fine, but like you said, John, it's Overwatch. You can throw a 2 behind it, but it's still Overwatch. Sure, some of the models are different. Sure, we lost an off-tank, rip. Um, but overall, the main base of the game is still Overwatch, and they totally could have done this within the main game, right? Like, there's nothing that is that crazy that could not have been done in the game. We're not fully changing to some crazy new engine. We're not changing these things so drastically that we really have to revamp and ship a new product. So I think that's really been the biggest holdback on that front. Um, but overall, as terms of gameplay... Moving from the business side to the actual game itself, uh, you mentioned it feels like Overwatch. What are your thoughts on the 5v5 so far? I know for me it feels like fights last a lot longer, and I'm not sure I like that just as of yet. The fights lasting longer, I don't think it's too much of an issue. I just think that the idea of being able to take that risk and flanking the side of, a def of, of the team on defense to draw them away from a choke point with that off tank um, or running like a rush comp is kind of lost with the 5v5. Like that off tank plays a major role in a lot of the strategy that goes into PvP Overwatch, that goes into the Overwatch League. 
Uh, my One of my biggest issues is that these off tanks that got a rework to be main tanks are still so far behind their main tank counterpart. Like D.Va, super situational, but most of the time feels like she's still too squishy to make a difference. Like she cannot play a role as a main tank, even if you want to come up with some hybrid rush cop version and quickly switch back. There's not enough sustain coming out from D.Va and especially from her defense matrix with how, how limited it can be up and how long of a cooldown if you reach max use of the Matrix, it, it just doesn't feel like she has a place currently with her current kit. Now, again, the game is still technically in beta, um, but those are big question marks. You take someone like Orissa, who was another solid off-tank character that in some comps she could be uh, viable as a main tank. They completely reworked her, and my God, she's strong. Uh, I, th we, I think we talked about it a little bit before, oh, yeah. but she is, she is, a lot of people debate when a character really is o overpowered. And you know, it's like, oh, so and so's OP. Not really. You know, you just need to know how to play it. No, Orissa's straight up OP, and, and pretty much almost everyone in the community and the pro scene, everyone else agrees. She feels incredibly strong, which is great if you want to play Orissa. Um, but like, it just, even with her, though, it feels situational. It almost feels like every situation calls for the most traditional tank in the game being Reinhardt. Uh, his massive shield, his health his health boost, the shield boost that he has, it doesn't go down as quick. Um, and that's why I feel like the fights do last longer is because if you have a dueling Reinhardt setup where you know it's a Reinhardt versus Reinhardt with his massive shield, everyone's playing behind the shield in a choke point, the healers are safe, DPS are safe. It takes a lot longer uh, and you try to force the tank to make a mistake. But by doing that, you have to go out of position, and it can cost your team dearly. Uh, so, yeah, it just feels like fights do last longer. Just overall, it's a very... I like the idea of 5v5. I don't like the way it's being executed. I don't know if I like the one tank, two, do, two DPS, two heal setup. I feel like there needs to be a little freedom to, you know, maybe... Uh, drop a dps for an off tank because let's be real here zenyatta can still do damage uh Brigitte can still do damage uh there's a lot of these supports that can still heal and supply damage at the same time if you drop the dps fights would yeah. never end in my opinion well, I, I i agree but is this one of those things where i feel like there needs to be more flexibility the the one two two setup just feels so it feels forced almost it, mm -hmm. it just feels like it's a I mean, stalemate is is the best word, Joey. I I think you hit the nail on the head for that. It just feels like it could have been so much more, and all we got was Overwatch one minus an off tank. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, and I feel like maybe one of the solutions is we get DPS with more healing abilities. Like Soldier has the ability to heal uh, on the tank side. Roadhog can heal. Maybe that's something we see eventually come in, and then people start playing more aggressive to take out healers. Because right now, it just feels like we're kind of bouncing around a little bit. Obviously, it should be easier to get to healers with one big tanky person out of the way. But at least so far from our games, it's been tough. Uh, the one tank has done a decent job peeling so far. And with two healers backing them up, it's just so hard to shred through them and to find the right angle. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. Uh, I personally think you're going to see some buffs and nerfs across the board. Uh, Nerf-wise, Arissa is definitely top and front in line yeah. right there. Uh, I think all tanks could probably see a little bit of a reduction. And maybe even a heal reduction overall, depending. Like, a lot of my fights have lasted closer to two minutes, which is absolutely insanely long for single fights. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, maybe I should just tell myself to get good. Um, but overall, it's one of those <laughs> things that it just feels like watching it on streams, playing it. It's just going a little bit longer than it currently needs to at the moment. Uh, next question from chat, still related to Overwatch 2. Do we think it goes free to play? I personally think it always should have been free to play. Yes. Uh, I think Overwatch as a game would have done better as free to play. And I would have got rid of loot boxes and done the cosmetic shop just the way League of Legends does it as well. If John wants to buy 10 Mercy skins, let him buy 10 Mercy skins. He's only going to buy so many loot boxes to hope he rolls. So for me, I think they're gating themselves out of money by doing the current system they currently have. Uh, I don't think we see that change heading in Overwatch 2, though. The other thing, in my opinion, the Overwatch 2 PvE stuff, it could have been DLC. Would I have paid 20 30 bucks for it as DLC? Probably. Do I pay for a completely new Overwatch 2 game if they put a $60 price tag on it? Absolutely not. So I think that's one of the other things to look at as well, what that price comes out as. For someone who already owns Overwatch 1, do I get an upgrade price to Overwatch 2 uh, since I already have the multiplayer unlocked? I think there has to be something there. I would guess $30 if I'm going off the Activision traditional list kind of playlist. Um, but overall, we'll have to keep an eye out and see what that comes out to. So I'm going to say... I don't think they make it free, and I think it's a bad decision. Uh, I think they'll put it on Game Pass, and I think they'll put it on PlayStation Plus and stuff like that, but I don't know if they go completely free. It needs to be free. Uh, you and I both agree does. on that. Um, that it definitely needs to be free. It should have been free, and they missed a massive opportunity to pull in some incredible uh, figures when it comes to people purchasing uh, the cosmetics on a store. Uh, whether you go the Fortnite model and you have to buy V-Bucks and those V-Bucks then change into the cosmetics or whether it's uh, Riot Points like with League of Legends or, or, or whatever or just being able to use IRL money straight up to unlock a skin. However you want to do it, that's obviously the best way to do it because the model's been proven time and time again that uh, – that will bring in money. Fortnite's bringing in like what over three hundred million dollars a month in microtransactions, and that's a free game, a one hundred percent free game. Meanwhile, Blizzard's over here saying, "Hey, we're gonna make, uh, you know, Overwatch two. We're probably gonna charge for it." I mean, when Overwatch one came out, Joey, it came out in tiers. I believe it was uh, forty, sixty, and then like seventy for the the premium version. It really wasn't even worth it then. Then they knocked the price down, and now Overwatch Two is going to come out. If if the price, if they are, I mean, they're going to charge for it. If it's anything higher than twenty nine ninety nine, I think it's going to fall even harder on its face. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Like we don't know if they're going to charge. We we've worked with Blizzard here and there, but we have no information on that front. John and I are both leaning free to play here, but knowing Blizzard, knowing Activision. There's definitely a chance for it to be paid. Uh, I don't know if you noticed in chat, but a big shout out to T-Spans as well. Gifted five tier one subs. Thank you, T-Spans. Thank you so much. And he also just resubbed himself eight months for T-Spans. Appreciate it, What a it, champion. Buddy. Look at this guy. Absolute champion. Ooh, look at that new icon he just got popping up too. Very, <laughs> very nice. It's a, it's, it's a very solid uh, eight. Uh, it's the six month badge. It goes... Six months, and then I believe it goes to the full 12 months for the one-year badge there. But it looks really good. It looks good next to your name, T-Span. So well done. Very, thank you very fancy. So T-Span, stick around. Keep asking those questions in chat. Uh, we'd love to cover more of those as well. Uh, next up on the agenda, John, you're a huge World of Warcraft fan. You got a new mobile game coming. 
Uh, we were both kind of mixed on the thought of this. I like the idea of a Clash Royale, Clash of Clans type of game, but this one just didn't quite hit the spot for me. Dead on arrival, hands down. Um, nobody in the World of Warcraft community is excited for this. Uh, some of the biggest Twitch streamers out there for World of Warcraft that pull in uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, 150,000 viewers when they play World of Warcraft, nobody liked it. Uh, it honestly looks like a bad version of, of Clash of Clans or, or, or yeah. Clash Royale. Uh, it doesn't look as polished. And you would think a studio like Blizzard would put something better together. If that's the route they're going to go, that and they've been working on this for, for how long? That it would look better, that it would feel better. Like uh, First off, number one, that video they played for the launch, <laughs> for the announcement might have been the cringiest announcement video I've ever watched in my life. I'm pretty sure I slammed my head on my office desk three times. You didn't like the Warcraft, Arclight, Rumble. I mean, that part was bad, but not as bad. I, as, that was as, so bad. Whoa, 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 <laughs> they, they, they have like the, whoa, what counter did they have going? It was... Um, oh, the... How many times they could say like cringe or, or something stupid like that. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember, I, what, I don't it remember was. what it was, but like that was incredibly cringy. And then the name overall, I felt was very bad, very tacky, very like long. why the arc light? Why not just Warcraft Rumble? What the hell is arc light? Like, like everyone's <laughs> like arc light. Like, OK, we understand that there's the light in, in, in Warcraft, but the hell's arc light? Uh, you know, you That's have a higher like, version. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> You have Noble, who is like the lore master of Warcraft, and he's even going like, what "The hell is Arclight?" Like, except he has it in his amazing accent. He's, he's like, "It's mm. like I don't know what the hell this is," and nobody did. Like, and everyone was like, "This game looks so bad. It is so dead on arrival." Uh, I mean, Joey, I really don't even want to download it. Like, I, yes, I signed up for the beta for when it releases on Apple, but I. If I actually download and I actually play it, it might be for five minutes, and then I'm pretty sure I'm going to uninstall because this game looks completely uninspiring. It does not look fun. It looks like a watered-down version of Clash Royale. I, I want nothing to do with it. It, it, it. As a Warcraft fan, it makes me feel not betrayed, but like it almost feels like it's, well, you all have cell phones. So everyone remembers that moment at BlizzCon. Uh, it just feels like a slap in the face, kind of. It just feels like they're like, oh, we're going to push a mobile game for the sake of mobile games because mobile games do well, and if we can get people to play this game, they might play World of Warcraft. No. Like, if you play that mobile game and you have absolutely no idea what's going on, the, the lore in Warcraft has absolutely nothing to do with that app, with, with that game. I just, I don't like it. I, I think it's dead on arrival. The devs just got up this week, stormed into John's forest, and lit his tree on fire, it sounds like. Um, yes, but overall, <laughs> it was the chaos counter. 100% correct. Okay. Yeah, that is one thing this game is promising. Mm -hmm. Lots of chaos. Uh, if you look at the stream, uh, I think it's probably going to come through with that. Uh, yeah, it was a mess. It, it was one of those games. It's like, okay, if you're going to copy something, Clash Royale, whatever, at least make it look as good as the thing you're copying or try your best to make it look as good as that. Uh, it felt like this one... I love the environments and the unique maps, but at the same point, when I think something like this, when I think mobile games, how am I competing? What am I trying to gather? They're offering units. That's cool. There's 40 of them. I can collect them. Love the idea of collecting things. That's fun. 
But then where am I growing? What am I testing against? I can only play PvE for so long. And I think that's where like the PvP aspect comes into it. And they didn't show any PvP at all. They mentioned co-op, so you can do co-op campaign stuff. But what does PvP look like? Is it literally Clash of Clans? Is it or Clash Royale rather? I'm guessing it's like two turrets and you're gonna kind of battle it out against that on hopefully an even linked map. Um, but that's one of the big questions is like when you're gonna have a mobile game, the most successful ones have a big PvP element. They didn't show any of that. So that, I think, was a big no-no just to begin with. Uh, and I love the idea of all these different maps and all they thought into this story and everything. But like you said, John, is it really going to add that much to the lore? And it doesn't feel like it's going to from at least what they showed. There's nice tie-ins with units. There's nice tie-ins with maps and zones. But other than that, it just feels like a supplement and a supplement that doesn't add enough to keep WoW fans around or Warcraft fans, rather. So for me, I'm going to download it. I'll give it a try. Uh, I think I'll last longer than your five-minute goal, oh, but I don't expect it to stay on there very long either. Hey, Joey, when the lore is all around Azeroth in the basement of taverns across the world, mysterious machines that look like pinball machines <laughs> show up and start emitting this arc light, and the world comes to... I'm sorry, look. Shadowlands was bad. Battle for Azeroth was bad. But nothing tops the idea that random pinball machines showed up in the basement of Azeroth's taverns uh, for this really bad Clash of Clans knockoff game. I I mean, not to mention, like, if you're going to go with the whole pinball thing, at least, like, I don't know, get the rights for Pinball Wizard to play during your trailer. And then on top of that, make it a pinball game. There was nothing pinball related anywhere within that game. Yeah. I just... I don't know. No. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out for that one. Again, John, what was the title? Can you give me a little dance for it? Uh, <laughs> it, it it's called uh, World of Warcraft Mobile Game That Wasted Money from Blizzard. Arclight. Ah, so Warcraft, <laughs> Arclight. What is it? Rumble. I almost Chaos Counter. I was about to say chaos. Uh, yeah, so good times there on the old Warcraft front. <laughs> I like your um, hands. Ay, 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 what a mess. Warcraft, almost as Arclight, cringe Rumble. as the announcement. <laughs> So cringe, so cringe and so clean. Uh, chat, keep those questions coming. Next topic we're going to hit on, John, is Embracer, and we're going to embrace this topic. We're going to pull it into a nice warm hug. Square Enix has sold off their Western games division as well as some of their Western IP. John can rest easy because Life is Strange is not sold off. That one is staying under the Square Enix umbrella for now. But Square West is selling off Eidos Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, and I believe there was one more that I did not list here, but I think it's... Square Montreal or something around there. Um, but yeah, so selling off three studios, selling off some IP. The IP includes Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, are probably the two biggest ones being sold off. Tomb Raider, a lot of people know, Lara Croft. Uh, pretty much the Uncharted of those who do not have PlayStations. Uh, it's a good dungeon crawling style game. There's a lot of fun outer wild or outer wilds, outdoors type of aspects with stealth involved. You have bows and arrows, you have knives, swords. Eventually you can get to machine guns in some of the games as well. Uh, lots of collectibles for the achievement hunters out there. I'm a huge Tomb Raider fan. I've loved a lot of the recent games, at least since the reboot. Um, Deus Ex is another one of those crazy games. Uh, it was really an industry trendsetter when it came out. One of those games that really pushed making choices forward. Uh, really, when no other game was doing it, it kind of made its whole game based on making choices. And eventually, you see other stuff coming out. We already mentioned Life is Strange. That's another one that's kind of pulled things from Deus Ex. Mass Effect was another one. So a lot of those big choice-based games kind of finding their root in there, and now it's sold off. This, to me, I think has a few different aspects to it. 
Uh, one, this is showing Square Enix is kind of streamlining their setup a little bit. They said the reason they sold these off is to prepare for, I don't even want to say it, but NFTs. Uh, they want to look into the NFT market. They want to look into online uh, sales markets and different things like that. So they're going to explore blockchains and all that goodness that a lot of gamers absolutely love. Uh, on top of that, I think it also sets Square East, the Japanese version, up for a potential sale to another company, and that company could be PlayStation and Sony, John. Joey, I, I think everyone knows uh, Level Up Live is a big fan of NFTs uh, and blockchains and all the other fun crap that costs way too much money for something you can screenshot. Um, uh, it's such a bad reason to do all this. But anyways, I feel like it's just a cover up, though, right? Like they're not be. actually going to, to sell be. this for three hundred million dollars and invest it all in blockchains and NFTs. It's just it's not going to happen. It can't happen. It better not happen. That uh, I'm happy Life is Strange is staying put, though. That's nice. I think they've done a great job with that. Um, e even, you know, True Color is the most recent one that came out. I wasn't a huge fan of. It's still overall a, a very good game. Mm -hmm. uh, had, a, had a good story, just felt a little off in comparison to some of the other stuff they put out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, Square Enix has done great things with it, so I'm glad it's it's doing that. But yeah, it, it does feel like it, it, it's an acquisition move, uh, you know, getting ready to possibly make themselves a little bit more attractive to Sony. Uh, I think uh, Square Enix, we've talked about it before, uh, it has to be one of those uh, studios that Sony's kind of circles. Say, hey, you know, they are within our budget. They make great games. There's a, a big fan base of this studio and a lot of games that people are dedicated to. It would make sense for us to go after them. Uh, you know, maybe we can't pull off something like, you know, acquiring an, an Activision Blizzard or a Bethesda. Thank you, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, maybe we can start to make an impact ourselves by getting something like a Square Enix. Um, so I, I, I think that's I think that's the move. I think they're trying to make themselves more attra uh, uh, attractive. And I think Sony's ready to bite. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, I personally thought Square West was going to go to Microsoft, but this is earlier than I expected the sale to be. With that being said, this opens Sony up for a huge move. Uh, one thing Square has always criticized is their Western studios. They don't like the way Western games are made. It felt like every single earnings call, Marvin, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is performing not as well as we had expected. And then Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider is not performing as expected. The Avengers is not doing that great, da 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 and it felt like they bashed their Western games every single opportunity they got a chance to. So this is one way to kind of spin those off, sell them off to a different company, and then, as we were saying, streamline themselves for a potential acquisition uh, if they do want that here in a bit. Uh, am I frozen? Are you good? Nope, you're good. I'm, Did we freeze? Um, no, you're good. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. You froze on my end that time, which is a very oh. rare occurrence. So. Nope, you're good. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think this is a move for Sony. Uh, we've talked about it before on the show. They spend a lot of money on exclusives from Square Enix, uh, whether they be full exclusives, whether they be limited time exclusives. That money is definitely flowing if Sony buys them. Sure, they do have to pay for those employees to stick around and continue developing games, but they're also spending less millions of dollars on these exclusive titles. So in the end, I think it's a good deal. Uh, it helps Sony continue to establish themselves in the East, uh, where they kind of started off and have fallen off a little bit. We've seen them close a lot of Eastern studios in Japan uh, and across Europe throughout the last couple of years. This is a way to kind of revamp that, keep it kind of going over there, especially in Asia, while at the same point making it a little bit more affordable for Sony's books with West now sold off. 
Oh my gosh, you guys in these NFTs. I hate NFTs. <laughs> Uh, so if someone tells me they own an NFT, I'm just going to screenshot and say, hey, look, I own a screenshot of your NFT as well. Uh, but with that being said, John, let's keep it moving. Um, what else are we want to talk about? How about the toxic situation at TSM? Uh, oh, I know this is one you as a avid Cloud9 fan absolutely love looking at TSM and finding out all the great things they're doing over there. So let's talk a little bit through this one. So full disclosure, th there is a difference between having a rivalry with an organization like Cloud9 and TSM versus an organization becoming a toxic cesspool. Um, I've, re I've respected TSM uh, in the games that they are a part of. TSM versus Cloud9 in, in the LCS is always a classic matchup that a lot of uh, fans get hyped for. It, it, it's an old-school rivalry that hasn't been very active as of late, um, but still has a lot of historical connect, you know, uh, connections with it. Um, but when reports like this come out where, you know, for several years now, there have been rumors that TSM has been a toxic workplace, uh, that the uh, owner, Reggie, a.k.a. Andy Din, um, just has uh, allowed and essentially manifested himself this this toxic workplace uh, it has always kind of been there he has that aggressive and strong personality but there wasn't any real hard evidence until about a year year and a half ago where former tsm employees started to come out and talk about the workplace environment talk about you know how andy is is very aggressive in these meetings how uh his his bar for uh, uh, for work, uh, he doesn't believe in setting a bar low. Like if if it's not quality work, then essentially you're no use to him. Uh, and oh yeah, by the way, what is quality work? Yeah, no, no one's gonna tell you. It's it's all up to Andy. He kind of makes it up as he goes. Um, and, and again, these are just from the reports from what has been released from these former employees, current employees speaking on uh you know on uh confidentiality status with a lot of these reporters as well i know the launcher with the washington post did a very very good uh article on the current situation there as well of course tsm and andy not releasing any statements directly to the washington post because that always plays out well when you ignore your chance to get your voice heard in an article that is slamming you as a person and your multi-million dollar organization my big thing is this, Joey, is number one, toxic workplaces are not cool, uh, period, end of story. You have to work together as a team. It has to be a, a space where people are allowed to thrive, to push their hardest, and to get the job done without the fear of repercussions. Uh, and that's what is not going on at TSM, according to these reports. It's People having to skip their own weddings, their own honeymoons, uh, vacations that they planned months in advance because a YouTube video may have had the music slightly off sync and they didn't want to upset a sponsor. Um, look, at the end of the day, something like that is really not that important. Like you can fix that later or I don't know, crazy idea. Somebody else can do it. And that person who's on vacation wouldn't have to come back and do that in fear of losing their job. Um you know, TSM is based out of California. Uh, so if these allegations are true, there could possibly be uh, legal repercussions or, or, or repercussions with it.
based upon California law. Uh, there's a lot of question marks going out there, but Reggie is really not doing anything to help himself out here. Doublelift came out today uh, releasing a confidential, uh, uh, like, hey, we're about to sue you uh, letter from, uh, from the lawyers that represent TSM and Andy saying that, you know, uh, these two streams you did back in 2021, I believe it was like in November, uh, where you said X, Y, and Z about TSM was a breach of your contract. You're no longer employed uh, as an employee with TSM, and we will prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. So essentially saying, hey, we're threatening to sue you if you don't shut up. Um, to me, that's a big flag kind of saying like maybe what Double Lift was saying is true. You know, because he was a big outspoken person about the the environment as well. Uh, it, it's just a really bad moment for TSM. It's a really bad moment for esports. This 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 uh, esports in itself has overcome so much in its young history. Whether it's cheating scandals, whether it's gambling, whether it's uh, people hacking games. Uh, whether it's just coming overcoming the the stereotype of uh, you know gamers and what gamers represent uh, and that they're nerds and they're not going to live up to anything blah 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 all that's like negative stereotype for gamers and esport players they have overcome so much in a 30 year time period going all the way back into in, into the 90s and er, in early 80s to the point where we are now where it's a multi-million, multi-billion dollar industry and stuff like this still happens. Uh, yes, I get it. It happens in the corporate world too, but this is esports. This is, this is a community that thrives on being different, that thrives on pushing back against what uh, corporate America uh, stands about. It's about being inclusive. It's about welcoming everybody into the gaming space, into esports. And then you see reports like this come out from one of the largest organizations in esports, let alone one of the largest esports organizations in North America with an incredibly large fan base. Joey, this alienates the fans that have supported this organization for decades. And we're talking hundreds, thousands of dollars of merch, of tickets, spending to travel to go cheer TSM on. A lot of people are regretting that decision now, and there's nothing worse than seeing something that you personally identify yourself with, a part of who you are with your organization, have these allegations come out and really, it really puts you in a bad spot. I'll take off my soapbox off. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered just about everything. <laughs> you went long and hard on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot covered. I think you hit on a lot of the major points for sure. Uh, and it is. It's just one of those things that's going to alienate people, whether it's from esports in general, whether it's from the TSM fan base, uh, really from job opportunities as well in the content creator roles. Uh, TSM just not in a good spot right now. And they just picked up that giant FTX really sponsorship, what, a couple years ago at this point? Not even? It was like last year. Yeah, it's pretty recent. So this is really bad for them as well. FTX is sponsoring a ton of different things, but I mean, would I want to keep sponsoring with TSM at this point? I think that makes you start rethinking those. And that was a big dollar sponsorship. We're talking millions of dollars right there, not to mention all the other sponsors involved with TSM. This is a huge thing to hesitate about. As you mentioned, being in California opens them up to some other potential lawsuits as well, in addition to just 
lawsuits in general from previous players, content creators. Uh, it's just, it is a very, very big mess over there. So, I, yeah, I just, it's bad. So we'll see after that all plays out. We'll continue to keep an eye out for it. Uh, John might be talking about this soon in a written article at some point here in the very near future as well, guys. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, but overall, yeah, keep an eye on TSM. It is a mess. Uh, Andy has definitely got quite a bit of cleaning up to do and possibly some lawsuits in his future as well. In all honesty, he needs to, he needs to go. Yeah. He, he needs to go. He needs to leave TSM. If there's any chance of saving uh, in a, oh boy, a historic organization in esports like TSM, again, that's coming from a Cloud9 fan, um, he needs to go. He definitely needs to go. Done, done, done. Uh, just a couple other things, John, I think we can hit on and then start wrapping things up here. Chat, again, if you have any questions, feel free to post them over there, and we'll try to get to them here. Uh, next up, just a quick mention. Summer Game Fest, it is coming. Unfortunately, no E3 this year. We talked about it last week. Xbox and Bethesda announced their show. PC Gaming Show also announced they were going to come then too. I think that was Sunday, June 12th, if I remember correctly. Now we have the next one, Jeff Keighley coming out. When is Summer Game Fest going to kick off? Ladies and gentlemen, we have the date. It is kicking off on June 9th. I don't have the time in front of me, but I believe it was like 2 p.m. Eastern time, if I remember correctly. So in the end, Summer Game Fest kicking off right around that E3 week time, similar to when it kicked off last year. And hopefully this does mean we'll end up with a lot of shows back to back to back. Uh, at least Microsoft and the PC gaming show looking like they will follow suit. And the other thing to mention, John, is the IMAX deal. I think this is super cool. So not only will we have the opportunity to co-stream, but there's also the opportunity to go see this in a movie theater now as well. Uh, I don't know exactly know what it's going to look like, I think IMAX has a lot of deals with AMC. I think they work with Regal as well. So in the end, we could end up with seeing Summer Game Fest in multiple theaters. Maybe it's stuck to major cities. Maybe it's a couple theaters in every few cities. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like fully rolled out. But I love the idea of this becoming a bigger thing. Uh, the idea of going to like an IMAX level event. We've seen it done with movies before for premieres. Uh, some big sporting events I've felt like they've done this for. Uh, esports competitions, League of Legends has definitely done this before. I love the idea of this now becoming a bigger thing. Let's see games. Let's celebrate gaming on the big screen. It's fun to keep that as an option. Anything else on IMAX or Summer Game Fest kicking off, good sir? Super excited for it. Can't wait to co-stream it once again. It's going to be hours of good fun. Hours of good fun. You heard it here first, folks. Not quite on a big screen if you stick with us, if we do end up co-streaming, but it is one of those things to consider to see these now, beautiful now, faces. Now, Joey, it could be on a big screen. You know, you could. could watch You the could project it. If you guys have projectors, exactly. throw it up on a projector. Uh, smart TV, depending on the size, it could be a big screen. You I could mean, also watch it on your cell phone. On maybe maybe they have an IMAX built into their home. You never know. We could be IMAX like at home. Like that could be pretty cool. That would be sick. If anyone wants to have an IMAX at home, I am 100% down to come hang out. Uh, with that being <laughs> said, let's slide into our last topic, John, and that is Fortnite. Uh, there is a no build mode. And not only that, but it's also headed back to Apple devices. Fortnite is headed back to iOS devices via xCloud in a deal made with Microsoft that was announced today. This is a... An interesting deal, right? Like, Fortnite players are huge. There's a lot of Fortnite people out there finding ways to access it in all different devices. Uh, previously, we went over the whole lawsuit years ago, it feels like, at this point. It really wasn't that long ago, though, I don't think. I think it's been, what, about a year at this point uh, when it first initially came about. 
it got outlawed from the Google Play Store and the Apple iOS Store. Then from there, we did end up seeing some shakeups here and there. Some stores added it back, some stores not as much. Some things changed with stores as well in the way Fortnite takes money. But in the end, Apple has stayed firm, and I believe Google Play has as well, both of them not allowing it back. Uh, Google, there's some workarounds. If you're on an Android phone, there are other storefronts like the Epic storefront that you can kind of pull that from. But on Apple, you have to go through Apple, including their percentage on the board as well, which I believe is around 30% of transactions on their platform. So with that being said, it's now on there. Uh, you can get xCloud previously locked behind the Game Pass subscription at the ultimate tier level. Uh, it's now going to be available for everyone for free, at least to play Fortnite. So you can just go, I think it's xbox.play.com or something like that, or play.xbox.com is probably what it is. Um, I'll have to double check that before I have you guys go to some sketchy links. Uh, but you can go on there, sign in. All you need is a Microsoft account, and you can jump right into Fortnite playing some good old action on your mobile device and cloud. John, I know you're excited to dive in. You're a huge fan of not only Fortnite, but build mode as well. Uh, yeah, no build mode is is what I'm excited about. <laughs> uh, that Yeah, that's about it. Uh, no, I mean, look, that, <laughs> that whole lawsuit, like, I feel like that dominated so many episodes of Level Up. Uh, this is such a unique way of doing it. It's all cloud-based. Like, cool, awesome, great. It, it, it's back on Apple devices. It's a matter of time before it comes back in the App Store, in, in all honesty, it feels like. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it's, it, it's a win for, for the Fortnite mobile gamers on Apple devices. Uh, even if it is cloud-based, it's still Fortnite. Get a good internet connection, and it's completely smooth. Yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. And it's a funny... I mean, it's funnier not because it's on the platform, but because of the roundabout way they went about this. Like, Epic originally said no to Microsoft and including some of their stuff on the xCloud platform. They saw it kind of as a competitor to the Epic Game Store is what they originally stated. With that being said, you get taken off the App Store. You want to find a way to those Apple gamers because you're missing thousands of gamers that you once had on that platform. Maybe we do tie the knot with Microsoft here. Apple already is pissed at Microsoft and they're pissed at Epic. Might as well just work together, right? And that's what's going to happen here in the end. It looks like, uh, I don't remember that phrase. What's the phrase about enemies and friends? Do you remember that one? Uh, the it's like that super the common friend phrase. Of my, uh, the enemy of my, the friend, oh. I know, right? That's what the, I'm the like. The enemy of my enemy me. is my friend. That, I think, is the one. Uh, so that is what's happened here between Epic and Microsoft. Uh, both fighting the battle up against Apple and their 30% rate or whatever it is over there on the App Store. Uh, in the end, John, I think it was a good move. I think it's a cheeky move by both these two, but it does cheeky. get Fortnite back into the hands of a lot of gamers. Microsoft's going to benefit from the transactions made on the xCloud platform. Epic is obviously going to get the other 70% there, plus have their gamers playing it once again on mobile devices on the go. So I think it's a win-win for both of those two. Apple, on the other hand, they could have taken a cut at a smaller rate. Instead, they're going to lose everything here. And I'm curious what their next move is, what is as well. Uh, can they really block something that's web-based? Maybe on Safari browsers. They just say, hey, you can't go to this website. Uh, I'm curious to see what their next move is because I just don't see Apple quite sitting still on this one. Uh, with that being said, I think we can wrap up today's show, sir, unless you have anything else. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, it was a slower week in gaming overall. Um, yeah, we do have that. We'll bring that up right yeah, here at the end. Come on now. Um, come on. I was just going to say, it is a slower week for gaming overall, so that's hence why we kind of went to this. It was a crazy busy week for work, uh, but not a ton of big gaming news, so we're able to slightly break it down to a little bit more of a casual show today. But, John, as you said, we teased it last week. We made a new announcement this week. Let's go ahead and talk more about it here on the show. 
All right. So should we roll the video first? Yeah, let's roll it. All right. So uh, we had major announcement made by OTN uh, here on Wednesday. That was yesterday. That was on May the 4th. Be with you because uh, I don't know, Joey, whoever is in charge of making our schedule, releasing that on, on, on Star Wars Day was, was a terrible idea. Any hoosies, uh, here we go with the announcement video. We'll see you on the other side. All right, just like that, Joey. Another dramatic video, but actually tells you what in the world we're doing. Joey, you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about our newest endeavor called Gamer Bites? Uh, yes, I do. First, I do want to mention <laughs> T-Spans. Thanks for sending that. It's xbox.com forward slash play for those that want to check out that Fortnite mobile edition or xCloud in general. That is where to do that. Now back to Gamer Bites. John, I'm stoked. I think this is a really fun idea. Uh, it's one of those things that's come together, and we do a lot of audio shows. We obviously do the podcast, streams here and there. Uh, we have other podcasts as well. And in the past, we did some writing here and there, and a little bit here and there, some more on esports, some more on sports, some more on gaming. And we've always kind of had that passion here and there. But the other thing that we are really passionate about is bringing news and bringing the top stories to you guys in different formats. The one way, again, we do via podcasting every single week. A lot of you guys here live with us too. And then many others listening down the road. This is another way of doing that. We're kind of compiling the top stories in gaming and esports each week, writing short articles about them, adding in a little fun flair that you guys will find in the first edition on Friday, uh, and then sending them out to you guys so that we are doing the work, you guys are getting the stories, and then finding ways to read them and doing whatever you want with them from there. There are thousands of stories that happen every single day, hundreds of them in gaming, it feels like. We're kind of picking out the big ones that we do. Uh, we read, I mean, John, between us, probably, what, 200 articles a week at most, I would say, uh, somewhere in that range of like 150 to 200. And there's a lot of different pieces being put out there from a lot of different publishers, uh, a lot of well-respected journalists out there. We're trying to find those big sources, compile them together, make it easy for you, whether it be linking to those original articles, whether it be reading our pieces, whether it be just getting the news in one way or another, we're going to do it for you guys on a weekly basis, and we're really excited to move forward with this. Yeah, super excited. Uh, it's been in the works for, for what feels like forever. It's, it's kind of cool now that we can talk about it uh, publicly. Um, I, I want to give a big shout-out to Riley, who did the graphics for us, uh, really took uh, what started as, a, as an idea of a cereal box uh, for the logo with uh, marshmallow controllers popping out of the top uh, and eventually came down to what we have now with a really cool controller with a bite out of it with the words Gamer Bytes there between uh, the handles of the uh, uh, of the controller. <laughs> uh, she's, she's done a fantastic job, uh, not only with that, but with our Game on DC logos uh, and overlays and everything as well. She, she is absolutely outstanding. So a big thank you uh, to Riley for all of her hard work and helping bring uh, our vision and translating that into a fantastic logo. Uh, we're really excited for it. Uh, you know, I know, I know Joey and I, we have a couple of the articles we need to finish up and, uh, and, and proofread and make sure everything is good to go for that launch tomorrow. Definitely, if you want to sign up for it, uh, Joe, I don't know if you want to throw the link into Discord chat here real quick, but um, totally free, 100% uh, free. Doesn't, it's not going to charge you a, a single penny. doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, sign up for it. It gets delivered to your inbox every Friday, uh, like Joey said, with some of the hottest topics and the biggest news in esports to keep you up to date with uh, more information or where you can go to find more information as well. It's a great way to keep in touch with what's going on. 
And maybe there's somebody that you know, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend who's looking to get more information into gaming, uh, into the esports scene. This is a great way to introduce new people to gaming, to esports, into the world uh, that is gaming and esports as well to kind of get them into the know with what's going on as well. Um, it's something Joey and I are very passionate about. Our, our The entire team at OTN is very passionate about. So we are super excited to bring another form of content for you, the OTN family out there, uh, and everyone uh, in the form of Gamer Bytes. Super excited for that first newsletter tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that's the other big thing to mention is we're trying to do it so there's a little bit of something for everyone. It's not always going to be heavy esports stories or heavy gaming stories that only focus on FPS games or whatever. We're trying to vary it up quite a bit. So we're going to hit all of our fans of different genres of games, all of our different esport audiences. Uh, there's a bunch of different things we have planned for it and how it can evolve kind of moving forward. Um, but overall, the big thing is that something is touched for everyone in there, uh, whether it be an esport they follow, whether it be a game they follow, again, the genres, uh, just kind of varying things up from week to week. Anything else you want to mention, John, before we wrap up today's episode? I know, as you said, we have a little bit more work to get done before we have the official launch on Friday. Uh, again, excited for you guys. That link for those listening on the podcast where most of you do get the show bit.ly forward slash gamer bytes sign up and that is bytes with a b-y-t-e-s because we're cheeky like that hey it's like that no nope, I, th I think we're good on our end joey uh so i i, I think it's i think it's time i think it's time because I, I i think we have some some articles we've got to finish writing as well so nation that will do it for today's grab bag edition of Level Up Live, but before you go, head over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless you're a part of OTN Media. Side note, if you were a Patreon, you got a sneak peek at Gamer Vice before it was announced, so cool announcements, behind-the-scenes uh, ideas and projects that we're working on. Gotta be a Patreon, and you'll be in the know before everyone else is. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show on Twitch. Catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. Just look us up, the Level Up Podcast, and we are there from, for you. We love to hear from our community a lot. In fact, we have multiple ways you can reach out to us. It doesn't just have to be a review or a rating. There's social media. There's email. Uh, there's Discord. Joey, where in the world can our listeners go to interact with us? Absolutely. Listeners, Level Up Nation, head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is L-V-L-U-P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media as well. Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even a Twitch Prime sub over here on Twitch. Again, a big shout-out to T-Spans for those five gifted subs tonight. Thank you very much. This show, Level Up, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, other streams throughout the week. All right, make sure you tune in next week on Thursday, May 12th, as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor, hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level, level up. up.